This is the Five Point Play Podcast, the diehard Duke basketball fans podcast, season five of Five Point Play, season one for John Shire. We got a lot to cover. We're going to talk about the first game of his tenure coming up against Jacksonville. We're going to talk about a lot of the reactions to the not-so-secret scrimmage against a top-five Houston Cougars team. We're going to talk about where we should kind of look at the first beginning stages of the stock market for all of our team, except for Lively and Whitehead. And Jack, I want to start with you. Give us a little update on what's going on in the NBA for our fellow Dukies. Well, it's been a fantastic start to the season. We will start with the rookie sensation, Paulo Banquero. As of today, we are recording this on November 1st. Before the games tonight, Paulo's averaging 22.7 points per game. He scored <laughs> He scored 20 points in his first six games. He's played seven. He put up 18 in his most recent game. He tied Oscar Robertson for the second most games to start a career scoring 20 or more points with six. He's the first person since Elvin Hayes to do it five or more times to start a career. Mm-hmm. It Elvin still can't Hayes get love from, from NBA Twitter, which I, I just love. The him. Magic love him. I'll yeah, say oh, that. Magic, the Magic love, him, yeah. love him. No, absolutely. NBA Twitter, the rest of NBA Twitter is a hater, though. That's all they do. I saw him on the uh, Italy national team. Yes, sir. Yes, he will be. Yep. He committed to them a couple of years ago. To the Big Apple, where RJ Barrett had a game against Detroit on the 21st of October. He put up 18.3 rebounds, four assists. He shot over 50% from the field at 8 for 15. His best game of the season, most. Uh, most would say so far. And then you look at Cam Reddish two days prior in the season opener against Tyus Jones and the Grizzlies. Cam put up 22 points, five rebounds, three steals, and shot 50% from deep. You look at a guy like Gary Trent pretty recently on uh, on the 26th of October against my 76ers. This guy put up 27 points and two steals. And that is those are the only stats he recorded. Just buckets and a couple of steals. Shot 11 for 16 from the field. He shot 50% from three. Fantastic game for him. Mm-hmm. Jason Tatum, a 40-piece. Real, real, real quick, Jack. Like, Gary Trent has to be the eyes-long favorite to win the three-point competition this year, right? I would say. Um, I mean, he's shooting I mean, like unless someone named Curry is in it. For right. I'm going to say unless someone named Curry's in it. <laughs> or, right, 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 right. Yeah. <laughs> if if either Curry's one, not in it. Either then... one, either one, either Curry. Yeah, if, Seth... if Curry is not in it, then then Trent or Trey Murphy got to be, they got to be the top two, man, out of those guys. For certain. Now, Tatum, like I said, he had a 40-piece against the Magic in the second game of the season. He had eight rebounds and shot 14 for 21 that game, coming after... He picked apart the Sixers' defense in an opening night uh, matchup, which was it was just a fantastic game, I will say, even though my team lost. Now, just recently, a couple of days ago, Tyus Jones, against Utah, one-point loss. He put up 23 points, 10 assists, and two steals, and shot 10 for 15 while starting in place of John Morant. Mm-hmm. Brandon Ingram had a 28.9 rebound, seven-assist game at the beginning of the season against the Hornets. And uh, here's here's probably my favorite stat line. Zion. Yes, sir. A couple of days ago against the Clippers, put up 21 points, 12 rebounds, and 7 assists. He's, in his first game back from a hip injury. He's so good, man. Incredible. He's so good. And that hip injury is so overblown because it was, I mean, it was it was him falling on his hip. Like, he had a bruise. They even called it, it like a It didn't look good, like, though. And no, he was no, pushed. It didn't look good. He was pushed. He's a big dude. Like, it's fine. But if it was there in the playoffs, he wouldn't have missed a game. And yes. the, the, uh, the coach came out and said that. So it's like, eh, people blew that one. So, they play out so hard. They're like, Zion, here he goes again. It's like, boy, man, he fell on his hip. He needed a break. Like, he's good. He'll be fine. I will say Kyrie Irving put up an incredible game despite all the off-court stuff that he does. I'm not going to get into that, but yeah, on the court. Yeah. We, we don't talk about that here. Yeah. We're some family members well, that just don't our, our We're going to keep this strictly on the court here. On the yeah. court, yes. on the 27th against Dallas, he put up 39.7 rebounds, four assists, three steals, and four blocks. I hate, I hate uh, one thing. I do want to say one thing. I, I hate that it's happening because he's, we're, we're like, we're, we're really, we're not even being robbed of it because it's actually happening. 
it's just it's hard to enjoy the basketball he puts on the floor because it's happening. You know what I mean? Like I agree. I agree completely. So it's so difficult. It is so difficult. He's so good. And you know, you're kind of gonna like like the rat is like, dude, just shut the fuck up and play. Like, yeah. It's it's just gonna be so distracting and tiring. <laughs> If uh, you talk about what's going on with the Lakers with all this stuff with Westbrook, I mean that team just stinks. Period. Yeah. You know, it's not like they. I mean, at least the Lakers' issues involve the fact that they can't perform on the court. Right. 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 That's the thing. Is like you know you got Kyrie balling out like he's so efficient, playing some of the best basketball we've probably ever seen out of a point God, guard, man. So... Like, oh my god. Anyway, anyway, yeah. I digress. It's tough. But yeah, there's there's been a bunch of other guys that I I didn't get to say anything about. Shout out to them. Shout out to AJ Griffin who uh, a few days ago put up ten points in five minutes. Yeah, yeah. Big I Mark mean, put up a seven point four rebound performance in seven minutes. I just hope AJ can like fully get healthy and and get his mind right with basketball and stuff because his his talent level potential is so high. I think and... he's going to be a better player than Trey Young. I think that. Whew. Wow. <laughs> well, Trey Young can't play defense. He can't. So, right. You're, you're right. It's yeah. not hard to be better if you can <laughs> score and defend. Get him, Jack. I, I mean, I, I mean, AJ's, AJ's ceiling, though, is like it's with the way he does play defense, with his size and everything else. His ceiling is something like, you know, Kawhi Leonard type. But yeah, I, don't know I, I was thinking there. Paul George. Yeah, I, just, I, just, I don't think he ever gets there. Oh, we'll see. We will see. Also, shout out Jack White, the is legend. There... He's he's played a few games. He's got one rebound and one steal. Has he hit a three to though? his name? He hasn't hit a bucket. <laughs> Him and Austin Rivers have both not scored. Yeah, actually, and Trevor and uh, Wendell Moore, but yeah, Austin Austin Rivers is one of those guys that he has to be in the right situation, and I'm not sure Minnesota is the right situation for him. No, no seven no, no. minutes a game. No, no. Nah. But you know what? He's getting his talk, money. Can we talk about Cam Reddish just real quick? Because, mm-hmm. you know, watch the opening night game. He that hits his corner three to send it to overtime, and then Tyus does what he Tyus does. Tyus hit the game winner, yeah. You know, hit the game winner, which is, I mean, that's just, we're coming off of a, a podcast recording. We go watch the end of that game, and it's just like so much through euphoria. Oh, yeah. But why does he not get time? I, mean, I just thought that was his coming out party because... finally. Well, I, I just do you know who that coaches? Do you know who coaches that team? Uh, good point. Good point. Do you know how many bench players he plays more than five minutes a game? Hate that guy so much, dude. As a Knicks sorry, fan, AC. I know you're a Knicks fan. I just want to say I'm sorry. I just want to apologize to Duke Nation as a Duke fan. He'd sit Archie Barrett if he could. Honestly, Thibodeau would sit Archie Barrett if he could. He's just that kind of guy. Guy. He sucks. You with him? You so either much. start or you play two minutes. Yeah. yeah so that, much. You know they're or talking about D-Rose. trying to get they're trying to get shooters down in uh, in L.A. I keep going back to the Lakers. I hate the Lakers. I really hope that they don't trade Cam Reddish to them. I know I don't like Cam there, man. I don't want any Duke players over there that don't need to be. There. I don't want any Duke players near that. That being said, it's a perfect situation for him. Oh no, it's a great situation for him. Absolutely, and he would play. That's the thing. He would play more than he's playing with Tibbs. Oh, certainly. There's a uh, couple of teams he'd play. He'd play very well. With but yeah, I don't think he's he's scored more than six points in a game since that opening night performance. No, I, I don't want to speak uh, hyperbolically here, but would you say that the Magic made the right decision on draft night picking Paul? I mean, it's <laughs> well, only been yeah, seven, Davis. seven games, but <laughs> yeah, it's, like, Davis. it's not even. A What's close. Jabari Smith done? Who <laughs> is that? The guy that uh, AC said he was going to get pick number one. Yes, no, that's wait, the guy wait, that I said I would pick Jabari Smith number one over Paulo. Isn't that what you put your money on? Yes. I, I put my money on that that would happen. I didn't say that I wanted that to happen. I said that's well, I probably what would happen. I know you didn't want it to happen. He'll be somebody's. He'll be a six. He, he, his ceiling is six man of the year for somebody. That's his ceiling. I think he'd be a solid starter. Maybe. Put him into a Trevor Ariza role. But he's one of those guys that he just doesn't, he doesn't fit a role so much that you're better off bringing him off the bench. You're better yeah. off filling him in in multiple spots. Honestly, like. Yeah, I can, I can see that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's that's your legitimate part. Uh, so right now, all I know is that it's way too late to buy stock in Paulo Bancaro. So let's talk about our team and who, where the stock kicker really is for for some of our guys. But let's start with the overall team. Uh, as a team, right mm-hmm. now, you know 
we just from what we know coming off of Houston, we'll talk about that a little bit more. Is is dirt cheap <laughs> to get two teams stop right now? <laughs> so, is there any other option here than to buy? As for the team, no, no, you want to buy this team right now because, as we've said before, this is a this is a team that's going to take a while to get going because of the injuries, because of the young pieces filling in, because you have a brand new coach taking over. I mean, yes, he has, he has coached some games in college now, and he has been a part of this program, but there are going to be some learning moments for him, and, and that's okay. And by the time ACC play rolls around, by the time winter's through, and we start getting to that early spring. Oh, two buys. Jack, what do you got? Actually, I would hold right now because this is a team that we, we don't know how they're going to start the season. They're missing a couple of pieces right now. Um, and generally, I think they're gonna their stock's going to dip a little bit before it starts to get up, and they gel in that like December, January period. I think the best time to buy is going to be late November, early December. So I think I think you got to hold until then, kind of see how this team how this team starts out. They're ranked top ten right now. It's uh, obviously stock's going to be high on Duke regardless, but I, I think you kind of wait and you you hold. As they figure things out, you buy when they're at their low point right around the week leading up to ACC play in the Iowa game. I think that's the best time to buy. So right now, I'm, I'm holding personally. Actually, not bad advice because I do see... Yeah, you know what? AC is not bad advice, and I'm going yeah. to switch from a buy to a hold just based on that advice from Jack. Yeah, no, no. I'm, 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 yeah, stockbroker Jack over here, man. I'm, I'm with yeah. that because I, as, we, as we, I was just... My reasoning for why we should buy right now actually speaks to Jack's hold because yeah, we're going to have some growing pains and there's going to be some inexplic- inexplicable losses early on. And people are going to be like, this team is horrible. And that's going to be the time that you want to buy. That's so, the no, time you're to right. buy. You're exactly yes. right, Jack. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we got three holes now. Yeah. Thanks to our, our, our expert advisor over here on Wall Street. <laughs> Wolf Wall Street. Um, over here, right. So let's speaking of uh, buying stocks here. So we kind of sold the public last week on Proctor. And, you know, the the initial stats that came out of that Houston game were not flattering. So if people went out and thought after our podcast, do we have to apologize, Jack, or do we have to say just just hold, just wait, it's gonna get better. Hold. Mm-hmm. He just went up against an elite defensive team. He honestly him and him, Flip, and Roach are kind of thrown into that, the three of them, it looks like, from the stat sheet at least. They were thrown into that first option role with no Whitehead and no Lively. Put up a bunch of shots that they didn't necessarily have business taking. Obviously, I haven't seen the scrimmage, but that's just what I get from the low percentages on the stat sheet. But we're talking about an elite defensive team. There's no reason to apologize for buying stock. I think that if Duke plays Houston again, it will be in April. And Proctor will perform way better. Yeah, that's that's two holes, AC. What do you got? I'm going with a sell. I'm going to go with a sell because wow. at the moment, Pro- Proctor was he was never as high as he could get before preseason. Like before, you see some of the some of the the inconsistencies in his game and some of the other stuff because some of the things he does just they just don't show up on stats. So without seeing the scrimmage and only seeing the stat line, it looks like he had some horrible game. But I'm sure he did what Tyrese Proctor does, which is he runs the team, he gets the ball in the right spots. As you saw, the guys around him got a bunch of shots. They don't get all those shots just off one-on-one play. So I'm assuming that Tyrese Proctor was the one kind of addition to some of these guys getting them in their scoring spots. So as long as our guys are scoring, he's going to look great because his assist numbers are going to be high. But he's not a takeover scorer by any stretch of the imagination. That's not who he is. So... But that's that's kind of after CTC and stuff. That's kind of what was being kind of put out that oh he's he can score and he can get to the lane all this stuff. That's not who he is. We've talked about this before on this podcast. That's not him. And you're going to be very disappointed if you think that that's what he's going to do all season. So I would sell. I, I I'm happy selling right now. I'm not going to apologize. Go ahead and get your money now. Go ahead and sell. He's going to be good. That's not saying he's not going to be good this season. But I don't think he's going to reach the pinnacle of top ten maybe top five potential draft pick in this draft that's coming up, which is a really good draft. I, I don't know that we see Tyrese Proctor get there, which is where he was preseason. So I'm, I'm going to say sell at the moment. All right, so two holes in a sell. Let's talk about our team captain here, a guy you already know we love, Jeremy Roach. AC, we'll keep it with you. Talk about him. 
he's a hold. He's a hold you could probably even buy. I mean, he was what, like three for 13 or something like that from the floor. Yeah. And he fouled out. Like, I, I, I think you could, I, I think Duke fans are like, I've seen it already and we'll, we'll, we'll get here in a second. But it, it kind of looks like people are down a little bit. Like, oh, here's Jeremy again. This is not the same and blah, blah, blah. Like, he'll be fine, man. He'll be fine. It's a tough matchup against a team that's supposed to be a national championship contender, and he's basically the only perimeter offensive threat on the floor. Yeah, he's gonna be all right, man. Jack, where are you at? Bye. This is a terrible performance for a guy who's going to have some incredible ones. Mm-hmm. Jeremy Roach is the most experienced player on this team. He is the only guy with true final four experience on the roster and he is going to be the cog that runs the whole machine Mm -hmm. i think he's going to be like top of the top he's going to be on the koozie award list like at the top of the koozie award list by the exam break i think now you buy and Mm -hmm. he's gonna it's gonna pay off by the uh start of consistent conference play. Yeah, this is the easiest buy for me on the board. Uh, I think it is a no-brainer. Uh, anytime you got a little stock dip on a guy like him, I'm, I'm going to scoop up as many shares as I can possibly afford. Yep. Um, so it's an easy buy for me. Uh, switching gears to a guy... Before we I before think, we switch, yep. shout out to Jay Roach. Today's his 21st birthday. Yeah, there. Oh, there we go. That's what's, up. That's what's up. Happy birthday, Jay Roach. Um, so an- another easy one for me here, and this one's going to be a sell. I am selling all of my Reeves stuff, um, that you guys forced me to buy last week. <laughs> so, uh, I just don't I think he's going to play this thing. year. I, I just, I just don't think he's going to play this year. Um, so the, it, you know, you sell it now while you still got a little bit of cash to get out of it. Um, I, I'm just not in disrespect to him, but if he didn't play in that one, I'm, I must be missing something. So, um, AC, uh, talk to everybody else about why you're holding. I'm 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 holding with the option to buy honestly because he he didn't play and what does that mean? Oh well, he's definitely gonna redshirt. Like just because he's gonna redshirt doesn't mean you don't play in a scrimmage. So like so maybe they didn't play him because he's not a part of the plan this season. Maybe that's what Shire was thinking. I I can't imagine that, but why not get him some time in a game that doesn't matter? But we'll see. Like we'll see with the exhibition coming up tomorrow. Does he get any time in that? That that'll be kind of telling too. But at the, I'm I'm fine with buying Christian Reeves at the moment because again can't get any lower and he can only go up. This is one of those trendy stocks. This he's the GameStop. He's the GameStop stock <laughs> of basketball, man. Because if he does come in and blow up, then you've made your money. You know what I'm saying? But if not, you lost twenty, thirty, forty bucks. Whatever, buy him now, man. Jack, what do you got? Hold with the option to buy because his stock. This is a multi-year pro- uh, project. This stock because. It doesn't matter how low it gets this year. It's going to be higher. It's going to be higher by the uh, by the time you got to sell. And this is this is a known fact at that point. He's going to be an incredible player mm-hmm. at Duke. And even if he doesn't play this year, you know, that means stock's going to be at its low point midway through this season. So you're going to hold. You're going to buy even more, and then it's going to blow up by next season or the year after. So moving on to uh, – we're going to get to a couple uh, of our transfers in here, so we'll start with Grandison. Uh, this, to me, is an easy buy as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just looking at the numbers, not good. Uh, his CTC performance, again, just the inner squad scrimmage. Doesn't look like he's shooting the ball very well, but we know that he can he can shoot well. So if you can buy it low right now, I would absolutely do that. I think he's going to play a huge factor for this team this year, uh, both on and off the court. So – Give me all the shares I can I can handle at this point. Uh, Jack, where are you? You got to buy. You got to buy. Grandison's a known commodity. Mm-hmm. But his first couple performances would not leave you thinking that. So buy and you will get exactly what you expect out of him. Yep, absolutely. You know, he's he's 24, yeah. 25. Like, I'm on he's the bypass. year player. Yeah. You know what he is. You got to buy. Absolutely. I'm on the bypass. Like when when the read comes back and he gets to settle into a role that's more comfortable with him. Plus, once he learns this offense, plus when the offense learns him and they learned his spots on the floor and gains and such, he's he's gonna look so much better. And he's going to be that three point threat that we wanted for years because he is that old dog that's been in the league 
he knows how to play. He's been around. Like, again, freshmen don't shoot the ball consistently. They just don't. I don't care how good they are coming out of high school and everything else. They just don't shoot the ball consistently. Seniors do. So he's going to be one of those guys that's going to shoot consistently for us, and we need it by now. Now, now we're talking Ryan Young, um, other uh, transfer that we believe is going to play, uh, you know, every game, you know, somewhat significant minutes. Sounds like he played pretty well, a couple blocks in there, mm-hmm. 14 points. Um, this is a tough one for me because it's the sell. I think so. Because, you know, I'm not expecting yeah. him to be the, the, you know, the leading scorer ever again. Probably not. Or do I hold this one and just say, you know what, you know, maybe a couple more performances and stuff. People will be calling for him to get more minutes, you know, when Flip doesn't play as well, or maybe Lively takes a little bit more time to get back. Kind of thinking about that way, maybe I hold a little bit. Um, the smart money tells me you sell after, mm-hmm. you know, people are saying he should be starting now and all that kind of stuff. So I'm I'm wishy washy. So I'm gonna let you guys convince me whether I'm holding or selling here. Uh, AC, sell, sell, sell. This is this is exactly who he is. He is efficient around the rim. He's going to get a couple of blocks because he's tall and long. He's not gonna get 14 points. He he might get. He, there might be two games this season he gets 14 points ever again. He's just not gonna play that often. And eight for ten from the line, like he's not gonna get to the line that often because we're not gonna force feed him the ball that much, especially when our scores are in. Like it's. Great game for him. It's exactly who we think he is. Like so, sell now. Go ahead and sell. Like, be and be happy with it. You'll, you'll make the money that you can. And you know, God forbid, during the season he just doesn't get time or something. Then you'll be you'll wish that you sold when you could. So yeah, sell right now. Yeah, Jack. I have nothing to add to what AC just said. Sell. Yep. This is probably yeah, right. the peak right. value he's going to have all year. Yep. All right. Three sells. Then you guys convince me, uh, and then we'll finish it up here with Mark Mitchell, who also had a pretty solid game. Um, from from everything that we saw, um, we Jack, you and I, for for instance, have certainly been very very high on him. So, where are you here? Because it kind of leads me to believe we hold. I was going to say the exact same thing. I think hold Mitchell as high as I am on him is still kind of a question mark in that we don't know what his production uh, is truly going to be for the team. But at the same time, I have a feeling it's not going to dip too too much. And it's going to, I honestly don't know. He's, like I said, he's the biggest question mark that we have mm-hmm. in the starting five. I think that's a good reason to hold, not to mention the fact that he probably will go higher. He's, he's a strong hold for me. I don't, unless he has some just giant blow up game against like Kansas or somebody in that PK 85 or whatever. I, I think, I honestly feel like Mark Mitchell is probably. Mark Mitchell and Ryan Young both have the potential to be like our most consistent players all season because they are who they are and they're just going to do what they do. So unless Mark tries to start shooting a bunch of threes and stuff, because he went one for one in this game, you know, hopefully that doesn't put in his head. Oh, I can start shooting threes. Like if if he just does, if he is is who he is, he can he potentially could be the most consistent player we have all season. Just nonstop, our second, maybe third leading rebounder in every game, one of our steals leaders in every game you know, 50% from twos in every game. Like, he has a chance to do that just because of the type of player that he is. So I'm, I'm, I, he's going to probably be a steady hold for me all season unless he just blows up extremely in one game and then everybody's like, oh, look at Mark Mitchell. And then at that point, I'm like, so. There we go. That's our preseason stock market advice. Jack is clearly uh, our, our, our stockbroker that we trust here. <laughs> um, but I think one thing we all agree on here is that the stock is continuing to rise. So if you're going to buy, buy now on Darren Harris, the four-star committed to Duke, and John Shire. Coming out of pole the six where it's just a pipeline to Duke, mm-hmm. we want to welcome in our guy, Darren Harris, pole the six. Welcome in, Darren. All right, guys. So we got Darren Harris with us today, man. Darren, welcome to the show, man. How are you doing, bro? I'm doing good. Thank you for having me. Yes, sir. We're uh, very excited to have you on. You are the first recruit that we've had on the uh, Five Point Play podcast. We've been doing this for five years now. You're the first recruit we've had on. So we've had dudes that are in the rafters at Duke. We've had dudes that were on Coach K's first team ever. So we're very excited to have you as our first recruit on the show, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me again. Yes, sir. Hey, man. Um, first thing we want to start with. All right. Tell us about you. You were a Duke fan growing up, right? Yeah. Tell us about that. You watching Duke as you were, as you were growing up, and and kind of how that worked into your commitment. 
Oh, growing up, uh, my family was actually Duke fans. My parents were. Uh, my cousin Jason Harris, um, he played in high school with Nate James, so uh, like it was just natural for us to root for Duke because we knew Nate. So uh, my cousin's actually assistant with Nate right now at Austin P. So okay. uh, yeah, it was just natural to root for Duke growing up. Um, I love the way they play. Like I feel like Duke's always been different. Like some of them have been different. Like the culture, the way they play, Coach K obviously, but like the style of play was always different. It always stuck out to me. And um, it's really like a brotherhood that really stuck out to me too. So you've been you've been in the brotherhood for a minute, man. Did you have you got a chance to meet Coach K? Oh uh, yeah, I met him on my official. That's what's up. And we're gonna ask you about your official in a minute. Um, one thing though, before we get there, tell me about your season this year, man. You guys, I know you guys are getting ready to start up. It's November now. Um, PV, dude, I'm I'm up here in the area. PVI's got a squad, man. And you guys are you guys are a team right now in this area. It used to be Dematha and stuff, and Gonzaga, some of those squads, but now you guys are the one, man. Tell me about some guys you're excited about playing with and and what you think you expect out of your season this year i mean everybody honestly but uh the main one is probably deshaun he commits to maryland uh he's a dog uh he's a beast right yeah for sure uh pat zay ben like everybody really is a brotherhood over there too Mm -hmm. um we all close but pvi yeah we got a really deep roster uh it's probably the best roster top to bottom we've ever had uh that's what coach said so uh we just gotta believe in ourselves play as a team you know we can't get selfish or if one dude doesn't play a lot, we can't get down on themselves or get down on each other. Uh, we should have to stay together the whole year. And we should we should honestly, like, we should have a historic season, honestly. My man, dude, I'm going to come to some games, man. So, so this is this is definitely going to be hyped to come to some games, man. Yes, sir. That'll be a show. All right. Now, following up a little bit, you said that PVI and Duke both kind of like brotherhoods. A um, little bit of a connection there. You are going to be the third PVI alum in five years to enroll at Duke as a basketball player. Um, you feel like there's sort of a little bit of a pipeline coming there, a uh, relationship between your current coach and your future coach. And also, uh, did Jeremy and Trevor influence your decision at all? Uh, well, first, I think Duke, uh, well, obviously, they started recruiting Jeremy and then Trevor came along. But uh, I think they just, Coach Varela really stuck out to them, like the way he treats his players. Um, everybody, he treats everybody the same, no matter how talented you are. He's going to push you in practice every day. And family's going to get on you. Like, it's really hard to play with Coach Farrell, honestly, sometimes. But, like, I heard Coach Shire told me, like, if you make it through PDI and Coach Farrell, like, that's how you know we're ready for Duke. Like, so I think the pipeline really just started there. And obviously, we have, like, great talent. Uh, we're one of the best programs in the country. But yeah. I think the main thing is just how Coach Farrell coaches us, how he's always on us, pushing us to get better every day. And also, like, we play against the best competition in practice every day. Most schools don't really have that where you're practicing against – you know, ranked players or high majors every day. So, yeah. yeah. Hey, and, you, uh, I think you got anybody well, at PVI who might be looking at Duke in the future? Uh, I don't know yet. Uh, okay, okay. Yeah, I don't know yet. I hope so. <laughs> That's right, man. Yo, we got to <laughs> keep, keep that train rolling, man. Yeah, I got you. So, tell us about your official visit a little bit. Like I said, you're the first recruit we've had on here. So, you're you're probably the first person to really give, you know, Duke fans any kind of perspective about – what happens on these visits? I know, you know, they have an itinerary for the two or three days that you're there. Tell us about, you know, from, from the time that plane is wheels down to the time you're, you're wheels up back to, back to Northern Virginia, man. I mean, on the plane to do, play around at Duke, it was really exciting because that was my dream school. So like, it was just a dream come true to like, really be in this position I am today. So I was really excited to Did get there. Did they pick there. you up in uh, a private jet? Uh, no, nah, we flew commercial. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right, come on, John. What are you doing? <laughs> But yeah, uh, Coach Carwell picked me up from the airport. He picked okay. me and my family up. Uh, we had a great time. He stopped at Chick Fil A, got some food. We went to the hotel, and uh, my room was decorated with like edits of me. I actually have hanging up in my room right now. Uh, a bunch of snacks on the TV st- TV stand. Um, and then we got started later that day. Uh, we met with the, uh, all the staff first. Walked around campus, went to practice. I met with Coach K, and then uh. I mean, it's, it's a lot, honestly, but uh, it's really fun. It was a uh, dream come true. It was a great experience. Uh, I spent a lot of time with the coaches. Mm-hmm. Most of the time I was with Coach Shire, like the whole staff. That meant a lot because um, most of the other visits I went on, like I was mostly with an assistant. I wasn't really with the head coach a lot. Okay. So, um, yeah, it was just – it was a great experience. Yeah, man. Who was your, uh, your player host? Uh, The first day was Jeremy, and then the second day was uh, Tyrese Pardon. Okay. Hey, dude, how's Tyrese, man? How's he is, uh, just chilling out and stuff, man? I mean, yeah, he's real chill. He's a good guy. Uh, we had a lot of fun that night, um, just driving around, getting food, 
and hanging with the team. Uh, you know, it's he's really funny too. Uh, so yeah, that's what's up. Hey, did you um while you were on your official? Did you did you talk? I know NIL is a big topic right now in college basketball and college sports especially. But uh, did you get to talk to um, Rachel, the general manager, or Dave Bradley a little bit about your future with the NIL and stuff? Oh yeah, Rachel's with us most of the time too. Uh, we just talking a lot, but a great, great relationship with her. Me and my family did. Um, they had a big slideshow on how like if you go to Duke, the stage is so bright, NIL just gonna come naturally. Um, you're always gonna have great great NIL opportunities just because of the stage you always play on and the name that's on the front of your jersey. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so I want to ask a little bit about the uh, the vision that Coach Shire has for you um, and your fit within the team. Uh, is there anything he talked to you about maybe during the recruitment process there and where, where he sees you fitting into uh, to the Duke roster? I mean, obviously, uh, he sees my elite shooting ability. Uh, it's probably where I'm going to specialize in, but he yeah, also brought up a lot. Best shooter in the class. Don't just say elite. Oh. Best, best <laughs> yeah, you're the best. in the class, hands down. It's not even a contest. You might be the best in high school right now. In honestly. all of high school. All of high school. Yeah, I didn't want to say myself. <laughs> no, man. No, you're going to Duke. You got to be that dog, man. You got to say that, man. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I got you. But yeah, yeah Coach Shire was just he was talking a lot about development. Um, the players they have in the past that compared to me, uh, just the success they've had with elite shooters and scorers on the wing. Um, and yeah, he uh, he loves my IQ and like how hard I play. He says like I'm a really a winning player. Did he have anything he wanted you to work on going into the uh, your your season in twenty four? Um, he wants me to be uh, more vocal and uh, just like express my emotions more. I'm usually kind of silent on the court. I just kind of have fun out there, but right. uh, I'm definitely starting to like be more of a leader because I'm forced to on PVI, right? And uh, just talk more to my teammates and all that. Nah, that, nah, that's what's up, man. For real, like, and just from a coaching standpoint, man, I, I absolutely understand. I, I know that's something that you can do, and at Duke, that's something you have to do. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. absolutely, man. You, you're gonna be that dude at Duke, especially if you start talking, man. That's that's just gonna open your game up so much, man. Because because what you do on the floor right now already is is amazing. Yeah, definitely trying to work on that. So I kind of want to pivot back to your recruitment a little bit. Um, you said you know you were with the coaches a lot and the the staff. Um, who, who was your primary? Uh, I would say Coach Shire was actually my main recruiter. Um, cause he, my freshman year, the end of my freshman year, he obviously wasn't the head coach yet. So, uh, he was who I heard from first at Duke. And then like, we really just built a relationship from there on. Um, but Coach Carroll also was a, probably the lead assistant recruiter for me. Um, cause he was there when I was a freshman when they started to recruit me. So uh, yeah, it just made sense that way. And, uh, Coach Lucas, uh, we didn't really – I wasn't really as close with him as, like, Coach Shire, Coach Carowell before the visit. But uh, at the visit, I definitely got really close with him, um, learned a lot about him. And uh, we can definitely, like – we definitely have similar uh, perspectives on basketball and all that. That's really good to hear. So, uh, big, big question. Uh, everyone – everyone's this, this is the one everybody's going to want to know, like. man. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, – is there anyone in your class that you're recruiting to join you in Durham in a couple of falls? Uh, I mean, Dylan Harbour is really the main one. Um, mm -hmm. I want him. I mean, he's a great passer. So yeah. as a shooter, you can't really pass up on a great passer like that. Absolutely. Uh, he's a big guard. He can score real well. Uh, that's why I'm playing over the summer against TakeOver 16 U. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's just, he's, he's really good. Uh, so yeah, I definitely want him on my team when I, when I come to Duke. No, nah, that's what's up, man. Dylan, no, Dylan's a good player, man. And he comes from he comes from you know an NBA family and stuff, man. So that's that's somebody we definitely want. We definitely want him to do. Yeah, for sure. You gonna uh, you gonna come on somebody's official or come to CTC or something, man? Oh uh, yeah, next year. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, it's definitely uh, the plan. That's what's up. Hey man, look, yeah. we are uh, we're very happy. We're gonna wrap this thing up for you, man. We're very happy to have you on here, man. Like I said, I can't say it enough. Thank you for coming on as our first recruit on the podcast. Recruit some of you. Yeah, look, let's get Dylan on here too, man. Let's get him to commit, and we'll get him on here too, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Keep working on him, man. But uh, no, for real though, that we really appreciate you coming on. Uh, like I said, very excited for your season at PVI, and very excited for you in two years at Duke. So we're really happy to have you on, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having. Me. Oh, and thank you very much for for Darren for for stopping by and joining us. That was awesome. Um, we know that he's going to do big things for for Duke. He's a phenomenal shooter. And uh, he's going to be tearing up the Nash and Cameron next year, or I guess a couple years. So 
Um, look forward to uh, seeing him in Duke Blue. All right, so now let's move into a very fun segment, a new segment, the Echo Chamber, sponsored by Olive Garden. When you're here, you're family. Just remember that. We're all family here as Duke fans. This is called an Echo Chamber. But you know what? Sometimes we got the sunshine pumpers that react no matter what's going to happen positively, saying that it's going to be fine. You don't know what you're talking about. And then you have the Debbie Downers that say the sky is falling, Shire needs to be fired. And then you have the middle of the road guys, the, the people that are even keel and, and can kind of, uh, you know, see both sides of the argument. But at the end of the day, they keep it pretty neutral. And we've seen a lot of reactions on Twitter, on Duke well, message boards. You TK, listen, yeah. we only lost by 11 to the team that's supposed to win a national title. Uh-huh. Okay? Everything's fine, man. And we didn't have our two best players. Like, I'm pretty sure that Derek Whitehead and Derek Lively could make up 11 points for us. Right? Like, we're fine. This, this guys is great. They haven't, they haven't played in, in weeks. They'll be fine. And John Shai's hair looks so great. And it's going to and it's gonna take them, God knows how many other weeks, to, to get themselves integrated. We're going to win the this, PK-85. This, this season's already over. We'll, we'll be fine. We're, we're going to win the PK-85. We're going to beat Gonzaga. Mark Mitchell's going to have, like, 30 points. We're good. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, I think, you know, when you pride yourself and, and you go out there in front of the world and tell us that your teams are going to lead in three-point shooting and assist, and then you go out there and shoot two of 17 and just jacking up any open three with that. I mean, we don't have any good shooters. So this, this season's already over. Um, I don't even know why we're doing this podcast. Jack, talk some sense into us. Louisville just lost to a Division two team that hasn't had a winning record in three seasons. Oh, my God. And just lost to a junior college. Like nothing should be put into these especially a closed door scrimmage like it's it's too much you're you're overthinking it both both of you guys are overthinking this <laughs> this is not a serious it's this is not that deep shire just like just his first game as the official coach of the blue devils without his arguably two best players and against the top defense in the country this year, most likely. I really don't think there's anything either way to kind of go off of because we don't know anything. It was closed door. I think we'll know more after the exhibition game. And even then, that's not going to be something to put too much stock in because if you'll recall that 2019-20 team that was consistent top 10, won by less than 10 points over a D2 team. No, so I know Ryan Young, and Ryan Young scored 14 points. He was great. Like, he's going to be a starter. But, for yeah, that's the thing. Is, like, if Ryan Young is, you know, our best player, I mean, that that there's no way we can go 500. Okay, Ryan Young is not our best player. Ryan Young, <laughs> Ryan Young is explosive off the bench. That is what he was at Northwestern. If he did not start at Northwestern, but he put up good numbers in a power conference, he's probably going to do a similar thing at Duke. He is not going to start. He's going to come off the bench. He's going to put up good numbers in limited minutes, and he's going to be sharing the the five-man minutes with a couple other guys. I think that's the first time that anybody's described Ryan Young as explosive. But I <laughs> have you have you looked at how how effective he is at scoring and rebounding in no his doubt. limited I minutes? Just, you can't slot a dollar bill national under title. his jumps. National, okay, national title. title. Wow. Okay. National title. If I they're mean, supposed to win a title, then we can win a title. I mean, call me call me back in uh, in December, and I'll let you know how I feel. I think it's too Fair early. Enough. I, I mean, think I we just, we don't know, know I, how the I, team's looking. I know no lively, that, no whitehead. We have no idea. We we said that Proctor was going to be a top five, top ten pick, and he puts up two points, and you know, by the end of the up. year, we said that. So you know, I just it's I just don't see not it happening the the for year. this team. Um, you know, they have no no identity. You know, he's yeah, we lost by eleven to a top five team, sure, but that was only in thirty two minutes. So it could have easily been twenty five by the time that game was over. And they look how much easy. of our they took, it, they took it easy, honestly. Wait a minute. No, no, could no. Have look been, how, look how much it could have been Duke by five as well. Yeah. Jalen you know, Blaze played a bunch. We we're, we're gonna we're gonna play like ten players this season too, guys. I just want you to know that. Like we're maybe even twelve. Like we're not gonna play twelve guys. <laughs> That's not happening. He didn't even play the stud uh Christian Reeves, easy. Well, he, we just he, talked he, about this. 
Well, I, I, I'm playing a different character than Jack. I'm aware. Just reminding you. Because right now it feels like I'm sitting in an Olive Garden with, with two completely different people here. <laughs> Get the unlimited breadsticks and salad bowl. Yes, sir. Those things are delicious. National title <laughs> breadsticks, it. by the way. <laughs> but no, stepping out of character for a second, like let's let's all calm down for a second, because like Jack is saying, like you can't take anything from these scrimmages. Number one, in these scrimmages, they ask each other to play certain defenses. They ask each other to do certain things. Like a, it's a glorified practice, is what it is. It's and, very situational. Yes. Yes, and. I mean, Houston, we know what Houston's going to do. They're going to play zone and everything else. We know that that's going to be a problem with this team until we can establish shooters. Like, fine. Like, I'm cool with it, man. Like, that's the thing. Do not take something from a piece of paper because we're never going to get video from it. We're never going to get anything like that from it because Dave Bradley's already said that they can't. So we're not going to get anything substantial from this scrimmage. So let's not take a piece of paper and say this determines what our season's going to be because that's what fans are doing right now. They're taking a piece of paper that somebody took a picture of who knows what stats these came from? I think if I was counting right, some of the math is even wrong on the paper. Like this is. I can tell you exactly where those stats came from. That was the official. That was the official NCAA basketball stat tracker. Yeah. So. So. Yeah. That's it. Let's, that's let's just not... they were inputting things on a computer. They printed mm-hmm. it. They printed it out. Yep. That's let's it. not take this for for what it is and for what it isn't. Like this yeah, says think... nothing about our team. Yeah, no, and I think, um, you know, just on the shooting thing, which everybody was all up in arms about, you know, you're shooting two of 17, but, okay, first of all, you know, again, situational, even if you're just playing, you know, a normal scrimmage, these guys are trying to learn each other, they're trying to learn where their spots are, um, it's not like it's a, a game where, you know, it's full, uh, everything's going as normal, coaches are stopping midway, you know, pointing things out, it's tough to get into a flow there. And, yeah, I mean, let's be honest about this. We talked about this last week. Houston's an excellent defensive team. Mm-hmm. They're going to be there all season long, and they got veterans. So mm-hmm. it's going to take our guys some time to, to learn about each other and, and, and where their spots are going to be, where to find each other. And I can promise you that it may happen one other time, a couple other times, but it won't be a, a normal situation where we're shooting – Two of seventeen from three. It's just not going to happen. Exactly. There's too many good shooters on this team for that to happen. Exactly. And 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 again, like that's not that's not going to be the identity of this team is is shooting right. like that. The identity of this team is going to be able to get the ball to our bigs on the interior at times, shooting that that three level scoring that Derek Whitehead and Jeremy Roach are going to offer us. And we're, like we're, like we're going to be good, man. Like we are going to be a good team this season. It's just going to take a second. Yeah, and, and we've been very honest about that. It is going to take a minute for this team. We're going to have some unexplicable uh, losses at, at, at varying points of the season, but especially early. You know, this team could very well lose three or four games before the uh, before the calendar year flips. It's, you know, it's just what we expect. You know, you're trying to integrate all these new guys. Again, two of which um, are arguably our you know, best in – top four or five player on our team mm-hmm. in critical positions, uh, it's going to take a minute, Jeff. Yeah, I've been saying it. We don't know what the full team looks like. We haven't seen them play as a full healthy unit. And they're young and getting used to each other. So all There's really not much is, to add. This is it's yeah, going to take so time. We'll see, all, all we'll see how they look in January. All we're saying here, AC, is... You know, we knew the overreactions were going to come, mm-hmm. but they they even exceeded my expectations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was I was like I was kind of shocked, honestly. I, I I didn't really I didn't I didn't look at Twitter or any message boards this weekend. Just I was busy, so I just didn't get a chance to do it. <laughs> and then yesterday, what I did, I was like, holy crap! Oh my god! The, 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 be- the best happened? one to me, the best one to me was that uh, you know we need Coach Payback. Yeah, yeah, that's my favorite. That's my favorite. The guy hasn't even coached coach an exhibition game yet. Yeah, he hasn't even coached an exhibition game yet, and we're already mm-hmm. calling for his head. Mm-hmm. Has Shire ever lost a game as Duke favorite. coach? He has not. Has he ever won one as a Duke head coach, acting or otherwise? Yes, he has. He is undefeated as Duke coach. <laughs> coach K is not. Therefore, yeah, I, I kid, simple, but no. simple math. Yeah, no, he's the guy. Him, he's the K. guy. He's always been the guy since. He came back to Duke at all. He's the plan has been for him to be the guy 
If K trusts it, I trust it. Yeah, calling yeah. for K and all the stuff that's been happening, man. That calling for K and and the we're gonna play ten to eleven guys on the team. Those two are my, have been my absolute favorite takes. It's like who plays stop. that many guys in college Nobody. basketball? Like actually, Nobody. come on. Nobody. So we just need to chill. We need to let this thing play out the way it's gonna play out. Hey, I want to actually ask you guys a question. Um, I didn't have this prepared, but I'm just thinking about it now. One guy we haven't actually mentioned in a couple podcasts now is Jaden Shoot. Mm-hmm. Um, where do we, where do we honestly expect him to be this year? Not playing, like not playing a lot. There's, there, there might be an injury that pops up or something where we need him to play a little bit. We've talked about that with Whitehead being out. Maybe it's an opportunity for Shoot to see some time on the floor or whatever. But again, we're expecting a a a four star type recruit guy who you know his. his he, He's not a one-trick pony, but his his elite skill is shooting. So if that's all you can offer at the moment, you're not going to play a lot because you still need to defend. You still need to do some other things on the floor. He will play in some games this year, especially some some blowout games and things like that. He will see the floor. But he is not going to be a main contributor on this team, and I think people expected that early because of how he can shoot. And then in the late summer, it kind of shifted because you had a few people out there talking about how – they don't know that he's going to play a lot, which I agree with. And so, and I don't think the truth lies somewhere in the middle. I just, I don't think he's going to play a lot this season. And I think that is fine, but he's not going to transfer, which is what we've already seen when Whoa. people looked at the stat sheet and saw that he played three minutes. They're like, Jaden shoot's gone. It's like, stop, man, stop. <laughs> Chill out for a second. My God. Gee whiz, man. It's, it's not that serious. y'all. It's not. I mean, he's not JJ Redick. He's not. He's not even Andre Dawkins yet. He's not even John Shire, guy. which is the big comparison because they're from the same area and everything else. He's not the same guy, man. Yeah, he's not. Like he's straight up not. He's he's Jaden Shoot. Not to mention Shire was like a super high ranked recruit and came in in a huge like rebuild year for Duke. Mm-hmm. Like there's there's just so much. I mm-hmm. I think this is a load. This is a loaded up Duke year where it, like if he came in in 06, I think he'd probably get some time as a seventh or eighth man. Mm-hmm. This team is is way more talented and way deeper than that team. I think he'll get he'll get play time. He'll I get I think the best way to describe it is that early season freshman Grayson Allen role of you're gonna get a little playing time here and there. You might average four points, and yeah. in the next few years you're gonna be a good player for us. Yeah, his his truth lies somewhere around Grayson, somewhere around Alex O'Connell. Like you got to look at. We can't keep depending guys when basketball is very different. Like we have to compare him to him playing in a time where like this, this is how basketball is now. And he is one of those guys that is a specialist. So until he improves some other things and improves in some other areas, then he's not going to get a lot of time. Y'all like that's, that's what it is, man. Probably smart of it where, you know, give him some time. Um, eventually he will be there. It might not be till, Next year, it might not be till the year after that, but if he sticks around, works hard, um, then then there will be an opportunity for him somewhere here um, down the line. But let's finish this one up, fellas. It's been a great podcast, but the, the reality is we start the John Shire era Monday night, November 7th, 7 p.m. against Jacksonville. AC, I know you're very close to the Jacksonville program, so tell us a little bit, a little bit about him. <laughs> What? <laughs> very, very close to the Dolphins. <laughs> Number one, I hate them. Is that what they are, the Dolphins? Yeah, they are. Is that what they're called? They're terrible. Fuck them. Anyway, <laughs> that's another story. But no, like, actually, this Jacksonville team is kind of good. And one thing I did want to say about this game, this is not just like a throwaway preview, honestly. Like, do I think we're going to win? Yes, I do. Do I think that we might see a few struggles with a team that was a couple of buckets away from being in the NCAA tournament last, last season? after winning the A-Sun and being the top seed in their tournament, yeah, I think they might give us some struggles because they returned they return everybody but a guy named Tyrese Davis, who was their main three-point threat. They brought in a three-point threat from uh, NJIT, who's a really good shooter, and he, he probably will fit into that role that they had before. They bring everybody else back. They have decent size. They, they have an athletic team, man. Like, this is not a bad team. Their coach um, – What's his name? Uh, I believe Mincy is his last name. He's uh he's on like every top like under forty head coach list, like top newcoming coach list. He won top newcoming coach last year, so they they have a solid thing running down there in Jacksonville. And 
I, I far be it for me to say, man, I don't think we lose this game, but I, I definitely think this is going to be a trouble game for us. Like we're going to see this game. We're going to be like, Ew, what's that? And I think that's going to just further throw our fan base into a tailspin. What's your uh, score prediction? I'll, I'll say we win this game like 75 to 60. Wow, okay. Um, Might even be closer could, than that, honestly. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of, I'm dangerously close here. I don't even want to say it. 72 to 68. I mean, it, it might be that kind of game for real. Like the first game that pops in my head is very different situations, very different teams, but Stephen F. Austin, because of what that did to our fan base. I think this is a very similar game. Yeah, Jack, what do you got? I mean, looking at their roster, they have a bunch of guys that have uh, actually played Duke in the past. Mm-hmm. Well, two of them at least. They have uh, a guy named Cook, Jarius Cook, who was mm-hmm. a freshman on that North Dakota State team that Zion and RJ played and Cam in the tournament. They have Omar Payne, who played, I believe, for Illinois with Jake yeah. Grandison. Yep, yep. He did, but he did not play when Duke played them. He transferred in last season. Mm-hmm. So, But he played with Grandison. Yep. He played for Florida for two years. They have a couple – they have a bunch of transfers and stuff like that. They have mm-hmm. guys who have played all over the place. And I again, this is like the bulk of this team. squad from last year, man. They they are yeah. like you said. They bring in a few team. new guys. They lose one one major piece. Mm-hmm. It's going to be closer than thirty. I oh, can't yeah. even give an honest score prediction. I don't know enough a about Jacksonville and b about how how much of this game is really. I don't know. I don't think it's going to be Stephen F. Austin type competitive level because that game the the whole Duke team just seemed yeah out no of it. yeah no, that was actually competitive maybe maybe Coppin State would be a better comparison because that Coppin State, State game yes that we struggled game, with them too that was just yeah I think it's gonna that's a decent comparison yeah I I do not think we're gonna see an almost twenty twenty game from any Duke guys though no 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 <laughs> we have a better team we had then we have a, a veteran Roach Jeremy's gonna get us through this game is what's gonna happen true I think it's gonna be Roach. That's gonna truly like send like pull away and keep the game meta reach. But I I really don't. I can honestly and happily say I don't know enough about Jacksonville to truly give a good score prediction. Also, I don't know enough about this team. This is a team with two yeah, returning players, player. one I mean, you, returning you are, guy who got minutes. Mm-hmm. You're, you're the even keel. You're the you're the <laughs> honesty broker for this program. Um, so I we try not to that. be. I try to be optimistic. But... Yeah, fair enough. There's not um, enough there to we know have about. It. Yep, there we have it. The John Shire episode. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I will say real quick, too. I, I I think that Derek Lively will miss this game. Yes. I don't think I he's going to play against Jacksonville. Yeah, I think if we see him against Kansas, I'll be a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. a little surprised, I guess. So the John Shire era kicks off. Monday night, 7 p.m. against Jacksonville. We're going to be behind the team the entire year. You'll be hearing from us weekly. Big shout out to Darren Harris for joining us. Let's go Duke. Let's go Duke. Let's go Duke. Hey, guys. Thanks for checking out the Five Point Play podcast. Like, comment, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And also check us out on Twitter and Instagram. Five Point Play podcast. Let's go Duke.